Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to the Train Happy Podcast with me, Tally Rye. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. And today, we are chatting to Lauren Nicole. Lauren is a content creator, a plus-size model, and she is also a fashion consultant and contributing curve editor at Cosmopolitan. She has done so much from modeling with some big names in the fashion industry she's also done a lot of incredible content creation you have to check out her work and she's also just so fashion forward i love i love her style i just love everything about lauren i just love how much she is herself but we really spoke a lot today about how it's been such a journey and a process of her really discovering who she is really learning to get to a point where she's starting to work with her body and not against it and really just being more comfortable in her own skin and it was a really lovely conversation we really start by chatting a lot about plus size fashion and about all her expertise but we also really get into Lauren's journey with her body with movement and I love this conversation so much so I'm really excited for you to hear this one of course before we get into that it is time for Train Happy Trooper of the Week. Hi, Jelly. My name is Colleen, and I've been a regular listener to the podcast for over a year. But I've also gone back through lots of the older episodes because I just love the message you're sharing, and it's made such a difference to the relationship with myself and also with movement. I'm getting in contact for the first time today because I saw your story on Instagram about sharing moments and I'm definitely having one right now. I'm sitting here in Phoenix Park in Dublin and brought my bike out for the first time in I'd say three months because um, my hours with work are long and it's hard to find time but I did was on annual leave today so I came out for a cycle and was out of breath by the time I got into the park already started to kick myself but then thought that if you know if I were smaller or younger my parents could have brought me out for a cycle and no one would be tracking how many kilometers I did or how the speed I was doing at or uploading it to Strava so I just tried to channel that and figured just cycle for fun and look up from the bike not push myself too much so I am looking up and I've just taken a break I'm sitting down on the grass eating my orange and having a look at the deer that are all in front of me and it just feels fantastic and I wouldn't have had the thought cross my mind to just cycle for fun if I hadn't started listening to your podcast and following you online that's made such a difference I just want to say thank you and look forward to next week's episode thank you so much for sending in that train happy moment I love that you were sending it literally in the moment that was so cool firstly I love everything you were saying about going for a ride and if you're little and when you're young you're not tracking stuff you're not uploading it to Strava you're not counting calories you're just going for a bike ride and having fun and seeing what you can see and I think secondly I love that you were looking up and really taking in your in your surroundings and just enjoying it and I think that is really such a beautiful way to go about engaging with movement it's so nice when you're able to just be present be in the moment be in your body really just have fun and play and do the things you know we speak we speak in this episode a lot actually with Lauren about really connecting to your inner child and how important that is through movement and if you've been listening to this podcast you've probably heard me say it plenty of times but I think that was a really lovely example Kaylin of you connecting with your inner child and just doing what felt right for you today and so thank you for sharing that moment with us in the moment that was so cool 
Of course, we would love to hear from you. We would love for you to share your train happy moments with us. It can be in the moment. It can be one that you've had recently in the last few weeks or months. And, you know, a train happy moment is a moment of finding joy within movement. It might be having a win against diet culture. It might be choosing to rest when you would have forced yourself to do something. It can be so many things to you. So we would love to hear from you. Make sure you're sending us a voice note or sending us a text to our WhatsApp. You can find us on 75 And if you are international, put a plus four four in front of that. And hopefully we can hear your train happy moment or you can send us a question or anything you want us to answer. And make sure you're following us on Instagram at train happy podcast. And we would love to just keep showing you more behind the scenes of episodes and clips and and all sorts over there too. Okay, enough from me. Let's hear from the amazing Lauren Nicole. Thank you for coming on. You have come on in the most gorgeous outfit, like so pink, so colorful. You're the queen of color, I think. I'm trying. I feel like I just want to wear things that bring me joy. So pink at the moment is doing that and so I'm going to wear it from head to toe pink bag pink earrings pink jumper pink trousers what else can she do even the coat has a little bit of pink in yeah I'm here I'm here for the theme I love it I like to say my wardrobe style is 50 shades of beige that is me that is my like neutral to the core like to the core I want to be more colorful but that is just my natural instinct but I know you you said recently you're like making a like a concerted effort yeah. to be even more colorful. Like is it naturally how you want to dress or are you like trying to put yourself out of your comfort zone even more? Um I think it's a little bit of both because I definitely have those days where I'm just like just throw on a black shirt, trousers and like be done with it. Um but those are the days where I want to wear that. Uh I think I'm just trying to find my style and I think it's been a little bit of an interesting journey for me simply because the plus size fashion industry and market doesn't necessarily cater so much to the dopamine dressing girlies. Let's get into it. Let's talk yes. about it. Cause <laughs> it's such a, especially even when you like go from spring, summer to autumn, winter, you'll find so many, and don't get me wrong, they're great pieces, but you'll find so many dark neutral beige pieces which if you want to dress like that is amazing but I love color um so I've been just trying to make like a you know conscious effort to buy things and wear things that bring me joy and that seems to be color at the moment because in I feel like plus size fashion like the people designing it seem to think that people who are plus size don't want to be seen And I think they almost like feel like they want to hide their bodies. They want to hide kind of in the background. And I think that is so ingrained with the sort of anti-fatness and the anti-fat bias that like, oh, we, you know, we just hide the fat people out the way. And actually, I think there's so much power in firstly going, "Um, I'm cute in whatever I wear. I'm I have a personality. I want to express that through my clothes. Like I deserve to be seen. I think that's huge. And I feel like what I'm hearing from you is the industry is not caught up necessarily with that. No. And I think the difficulty is, is that for so long, whether you look at shows like Gok Wan, whether you look at the uh, show Trini that Trini and Susanna. and Susanna had, and although Trini has gone back and said that some of the things that she did say in that show, she no longer stands by. But... For the most part, a lot of those shows were about hiding yourself, wearing things that are flattering. And I think a lot of us have a, some difficulty with that word, flattering, because um, what does that mean? What is flattering? Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, even when you just move away from fashion, but just look at wider society and the things that are in media, it's very rare that you even see a plus size woman in a show where she isn't wearing uh, black or Uh, dark colors she's generally wearing those colors and there's no sort of like she wants to be bold or she wants to be revealing or there's none of that and if it is it's kind of like well it's because she's being funny or it's you know yeah they're a bit Um, quirky and cute and not like 
No, I'm just as kind of cool and fashionable and here as other people. 1000%. And and unfortunately, if you don't have fat people in the room who also don't have those biases against themselves, because that's inner fat phobia is something that is real. Mm. Um, If you don't have those people in the room where they're like, no, I want to stand out and I want to be bold. And I know my mum wants to wear this as well. And my sister and my, you know, whoever then of course you're gonna get into those meetings and create those clothes that are just meh. (laughs) You are like a model, you're a fashion blogger, you're also a fashion consultant, and you're trying to get in the room to tell people like, this is what's cute, this is what we need, this is what people are asking for, this is, you know, this is how to dress a plus size body, like for starters. Um, But, and you have that, kind of whole background and like passion and you know that is kind of what all your work is about through its many facets how hard is it though to kind of make that happen like if we were to go like behind the scenes even if there's effort made to work with you in that kind of consultancy role you're still having to work like run uphill and like still everything's a struggle. Yeah, I think one of the main things that I took from a lot of the meetings and uh, conversations I was having with brands was that you are an anomaly. There are not a lot of women who want to dress like you. There are not a lot of women who want to be seen in the way that you do and the way that your friends do. We share many mutual friends and when we think about the things that Abby wears, it's mm. very much being out there, loud, proud, colorful. colorful yeah, here's being, my body, yeah, like, Take what? it as it is. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, as I said, I think due to the kind of like teaching that we've we've had all, all along, it's always been about if you're above a certain size, then you should kind of want to just hide that. Mm. Um, and so unfortunately what's happened is that we've got a kind of demographic of women who in those meetings, they were referred to as their vanilla customers um, who potentially just don't want to be seen uh, in the way that I might do and are okay with the clothing that they're being given. But my response to that was, okay, so if what you've done and what you're bringing out is already you know, hitting the nail on the head for those customers, then why not go and branch out? Because it's not just those women who are shopping. There's plenty of other women who are also shopping and just people in general who are also shopping and wanting fashionable pieces. Um, And their answer was, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't think there's much more you can do. And there's only so much that I can say and other people can say until brands just want to make that kind of like, yeah, we're going to do this and it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't have the knowledge or the belief that they can do more or that their budget will allow for them to not only hit that market that they've been hitting all this time, but also tapping into other demographics, then they're just not going to do it. Um, and I think actually that's probably only a realization that I came to once I came out of those meetings and was kind of finished with some of those clients, um, where I was just like, you know what, sure. I've tried my hardest to give them the information that I possibly could. And perhaps maybe I just need to be working with, uh, brands who are more forward thinking. Mm, it's tough. Uh, I know there's like been a whole talk in the U S with old Navy where they had this whole thing of like, we're gonna stock all the plus sizes in all the shops and everything and this extended size range. And then everyone was like, oh, cool. And I think they thought by doing that, and I think they did a campaign with AD Bryant, who's from SNL and um, and da, 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 and it was gonna be great. And then they kind of thought, okay, well, that's it. And that that's just gonna get those people in our stores. And they've since decided to pull that those the those sizes out of the stores and they're going to kind of massive like reduce their plus size range again and what i'm hearing a lot of feedback from other people is going like you can't just go here it is and then think that the fact that you've ignored all of these people for so long and you've just offered them this one thing that they're going to all like 
flood your stores in droves to buy your stuff Mm. you have to build a relationship you have to put the time and energy and effort in to get people uh, like to build awareness and build trust in you as a brand that you you know you are consistently catering for this demographic and like just giving them the bare minimum quite frankly giving them what you get in all other stores if you're straight size is not enough it makes me think that similarly with brands here in the UK and ones that you've worked with have kind of gone like, this is safe. We know this kind of makes us our money and da, 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 da. But it's like, but if you put time and effort and energy into really wanting to kind of drive things forward and to create access to clothes that are more fashionable, are more kind of colorful and just bolder, like you could do it and it could be successful, but you have to invest in not only in what you're the, the clothes you're bringing out but the community and yeah. i think that's where there was clearly an attempt to do that by working with you but it's not like fully seen through and not fully committed to like yeah there's still so much more there that they could do definitely and i think you know that the conversation of the community and you know, there has to be more communication you can't just come out with something and be like well surely they're yeah. going to run into the store. Yeah, like, ta-da, um, here it is. Here it is. Uh, that's just not how it works. There has to be marketing behind it. There has to be these kind of months and years worth of work going into making sure that people are in the know. There's, I'm sure there's so many people who didn't even know that Old Navy, and I know we're just using them as an yeah, example, yeah. but didn't know that Old Navy had their exactly. that stuff in, in, in their stores. And it might've just been because maybe they missed that TikTok video or maybe they missed that Instagram post. Mm. Maybe they aren't watching TV like that. So they didn't see the TV kind of like adverts. There's so many ways that I think brands aren't showing up in the way that I believe they should be. And when you think about how, I, I can't remember the exact figure, but there was some kind of like research that went into how much the plus size market is worth. And I believe, I'm, I might be wrong, but I believe it's in the billions. Oh, I wouldn't be, su- I'm sure it is. Cause the yeah. majority of people are, are over, over like a UK 14. Yeah, the average woman is a UK 16. 16, I think, yeah. Yeah. So when you think about that, but then when you go in store, most of the stores only Stop. stock up to a 16, uh, 18, if they're nice, mm. it's ridiculous. Yeah. You're missing out on so many people. And sometimes I wonder, do they not want money? Like- I know, <laughs> I'm like, you can be so much richer. I don't understand. Don't, I don't get it. Because if you're all about that, there's this untapped market here. Solely just based on a profit, you know, mm. approach, you would think that, hey, yeah, sure. We're going to make sure that we're catering to this demographic because it's so wide but no but no and it's so strange so then I'm just like I don't get it but then I also have to understand that sometimes the people that are the heads of these brands are they don't have the vision they don't have the vision yeah who don't have an understanding of you know that demographic or those communities and aren't willing to learn more um Something that I was so excited to see recently is Grace Beverly coming out with um, the fact that Tala are now bringing out an extended size range and just going into detail about how they were looking to kind of work with fit models and talk with their communities and really get an understanding on how their products should be fitting, but also how, you know, women and people in general who wear their clothes should be feeling. And I'm just like, it shouldn't take a smaller brand Mm. to do that Mm. for the fashion industry to kind of like wise up. Like it should be something that all of them are doing, especially when you have the resources. Mm. But yeah, shout out to Grace Beverly for doing that. But it's just, it's sad and frustrating the amount of times that I've gone out and I've I think the first time that like the noticeable time that I did it, I did an article for who, what, where. And I think it might have been 2018. And I went to the high street, went to Oxford Street. 
And I said, I think the article was about festive wear. So outfits that you can wear in the festive season. Went to the top of Marble Arch and went all the way down to Tottenham Court Road. I could only find things that fit me in two stores. One of them being Evans. Evans is no longer here. Um, And the other being Debenhams. Debenhams is no longer here. Yeah. Um, At that time, if I remember correctly, River Island had plus size in their stores. However, none of the things that were available I liked. H&M had plus size in stores. None of the things in store I liked or fit the brief of what I was trying to do. And I was just like, can you imagine if last minute you got a date Mm -hmm. or you got a work interview or you lost your luggage en route to a holiday or something. The dread and the fear that comes from that because your body cannot fit in those clothes or these brands are just not catering to your body is ridiculous. There's no kind of like ability to just live in the way that if one of my friends who was a size eight randomly got a job interview and was like, quickly, I've got to run down to Zara and get some trousers or I've got to go to like whatever the shop might be, they'd be able to do that in a heartbeat. Mm. Whereas I would have to be like, okay, well, what time is it? And am I gonna make it for next day delivery? Um, But is the next day delivery gonna come the next day? Like there's so many things, um, which to me just sounds like such a disservice to women, to people who are in in larger bodies, but also just to be able to live like, those experiences are things that happen. Like you might randomly, I know during the festive period, there's so many just like random opportunities that come out of like, let's go out, let's go for drinks, let's do something. Yeah, you're not make, making spontaneous no. outfit choices on the high street. No. And also if you do order online, because I mean, in some ways, like I think ASOS is one of the few places that really does... um I mean, ugh, everything could be better, but ha- has more plus size stuff that's yeah. also maybe a bit more cooler. Yes. But also it takes a lot of money to just order clothes to try stuff on. Whereas I can go into a shop and just try stuff on for free and then decide whether I'm going to buy it. Yeah. And I think we need to talk about, there's, there's a financial privilege in that as well to go yeah. like, for me to find a pair of jeans, I can just go and try on multiple pairs in a shop. But for someone who's like a UK 24, UK 26, UK 28, you might have to order three pairs online and then all of a sudden that's 150 quid, if not more, just to try them on. Yeah. And they might not even fit you. And it's just a constant, you know, there's a financial um, outlay and a barrier to access to clothes as well. Yeah, it's so difficult because I actually had that experience a week before my birthday. I decided I was going to have a birthday party, which in theory sounds great, but was very dramatic and difficult because I needed to find a birthday outfit. What I ended up doing was buying lots of different things and it might have been like one outfit, but buying it in a size 20, 22, 24, because I didn't know what the fit was going to be like. I'm very um, busty. So I always have to think about whether something's gonna fit the way I want it to fit anyway. And then what I ended up having to do was getting the pieces that I did end up deciding was, yeah, cool. Then having to go and get them tailored to fit me properly because while the size 20 fit okay, the 22 kind of gave me a little bit more coverage on my boobs, but then was too big on the back. And it's just like this whole tedious thing of just trying to find things. And making it work. And making it work. Mm. And that's what I feel like is when I think about my style is, it's definitely a case of making things work. Mm. Maybe having to go a few sizes up to then get it taken in. But again, that's like a financial thing where some people just don't have the ability or access to be able to do that. Mm. Um, And it's just a disservice to them. So yeah, yeah, it's really And the larger your body is, the harder it is to size up because you kind of are running out of access to sizes. And it's, yeah, it's fucked up. Definitely. The other thing I wanted to say as well was um, with this idea that like, oh, like people in bigger bodies just want to like hide their bodies and cover up and da, 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 da. And I think obviously our glorious, shiny example of someone completely taking up space and wearing amazing clothes and always looking amazing is Lizzo. Like, I think just, I really love that all her red carpet appearances like this year have been like really kind of 
really big oversized gowns yes. to make a very deliberate like point of and statement of going i am here i am taking up space and like and like every outfit is a look and every outfit is fun and cool and as it should be as it should be and as i think you know for companies to say like oh we've got these vanilla customers and they don't have any appetite for blah 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 I don't doubt that there are people who who are in bigger bodies who feel like they shouldn't be seen and their bodies don't deserve to Agreed. be seen. And I, you know, respect that. But also I think it's really cool that we have all these people like yourself going like, you don't have to hide. You deserve to wear the clothes that make you feel good. You deserve to express your personality through the way you dress and not just dress as a means to an end. Definitely. Um, and I think there's going to be this whole generation of people who are going to regularly see people like Lizzo on red carpets and at these events and you know performing going to her shows and going like yeah like she's doing it I'm doing it and I think companies are going to need to catch up because 1, like the um I don't even know we've got Gen Z so what comes after that I don't know but I have no clue no I have no clue but those people <laughs> yes. that generation another one removed from where I am um they're going to come up and they're going to want the stuff. So like people need to get there. So my next question is, Lauren, when are you coming out with your line? Because clearly we need it. I <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely love to. Do it's you know on the vision board. It's on the vision board and Good. it has been for so long. I think what was really great for me in my work as like doing consulting and working with brands was I spent such a long time kind of shooting content and modeling for brands. And I've always been on the other side of it, mm. of the kind of like, here's the finished product, let's put it out sort of thing. So it was really interesting to be on the other side where it was, we don't have the finished product yet, but here is how we're finding inspiration. It taught me so, so much and so much to the point that I was kind of like, hmm, I don't know if this is for me um, because I just have such a, I'm in awe of brands who, like people who are able to do it, designers that are able to do it. I'm hoping that maybe it will come one day soon. Um, but there's nothing in the works yet. But I've got like the name as well <gasps> in mind. Like I have everything in mind. Okay, well. It's just the bank account needs to be, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need to like crowdfund. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Go fund me. Yeah, go fund me or crowdfund. So you mentioned that you've done modeling. You've done a lot of that stuff. Like just if you don't follow Lauren online, like her content is fire like so good like really raises the bar for creators i believe how did you get into modeling in the first place like how did you get into all this stuff i think so random everyone would love to hear that so so random so my entrance into modeling was that i started a blog when i was really young um i started when i was well i had a blog before then but fashion killer i started when i was 15 wow i wanted to be a fashion journalist but also I just was really obsessed with Tavi Jevonson I don't know if you know yes she yes so now she's like an actress but was she like a young like a kid that was all the shows and has like big glasses yes and she used to wear like the most flamboyant um hats and bows and would sit front row and everyone behind her would get so pissed off like look at this little girl sat front row. And I was just like, I want to be Tabby. Oh my I'm God. obsessed that you love her. I was so obsessed with her. So between her as well as Leandra Medine, who um, used to run this blog called Man Repeller, I was just like, I'm, I'm aware so, of yeah, yeah. I was just like, I'm so in awe of these women who are creating a lane for themselves and mm-hmm. have kind of been able to do it within their bedrooms. And then, well, with Leandra, she then turned it into like a full-on publication where she had other writers. And I was just like, I'm in awe. So started this blog at 15 and everyone at school was kind of like, what are you doing? But okay. I don't know if I was 15, maybe I was 14. Anyway, everyone at school was just like, I don't know what you're doing, but okay, cool. Um, and then by the time I got to 18, um, a brand reached out to me. Or should I say a brand manager reached out to me and we were following each other just because I liked her content, she liked mine. And at this time I probably had like a thousand followers, if that, on Instagram. Um, and she reached out and she was like, I work for a brand called 113 and we'd actually really love you to be a brand ambassador. And I was like, cool, like I 
in my head it was, I would write blog posts, I would maybe post on my social media, that's probably about it. And then she said, and we've got a debut swimwear collection that we are bringing out soon and we're looking for a model for it. And we think like maybe you'd be really good for it. Like come in to the office. So after school, I headed to the office, after sixth form, I headed to the office, um, which was on the other side of London to me. I I don't know what I was doing, but anyway. Um, And stranger danger. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Meeting people off the internet, all the things. I'm like, how did you end up here, Lauren? Anyway, so then, I ended up going and they were like, yeah, we've got a shoot in two weeks. We'd just like love you to be a part of it. Um, And you'll be shooting alongside Felicity Hayward, who at the time I was also completely obsessed with because she was also, I don't know if you remember when ASOS had insiders. Mm. Um, And I was obsessed with ASOS Felicity, that was her at. Um, And so I was like, oh my God, yeah, sure. And went home, told my mom, she was like, okay, cool. Like I'll, I'll drive you there. Um, went to the shoot, was on set, and I was like, Felicity, you go first so I can like see what I have to what have to do. Felicity went on set, she came off, I then went on, and everyone was like, Have you done this before? And I was like, No, but like I've posed in my mirror before because I'm an only child. So I've spent a lot of time just kind of like doing random things by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just like, I've posed in my mirror before, but like that's probably it. And they were like, uh, you're actually really good. Okay, continue. Like, let's keep going. Um, so I left the set and I took like some behind the scenes pictures. Felicity also posted me on her Instagram. So my followers went up a little bit um, and I left and I kind of like forgot about it. Like I was just like, cool. And then the day before it went out, I was just about to go into my media A-level class and the founder sent me like a, a preview of it going live tomorrow and I had like a mental breakdown. I was like, what did I do? Cause in my head, it only went as far as the shoot that I was on. Yeah. It never went as far as these pictures oh, coming out and people this. are gonna see this. And so that was really interesting. My friend was like, you look great. Like, don't even worry about it. My mom was like, call them like, just see if maybe they've got an, an alternative because I didn't like some of the pictures. Now I look back and I'm like, oh my God, these pictures are actually so good for a first time modeling. But at the time I didn't like some of the pictures and she was like, call cool, and see maybe if they've got like some alternative pictures. I was like, mom, it's going live tomorrow. <laughs> like there's no calling and asking. I'm not Felicity. I'm not Ashley Graham. Like they're not going to care. Um, and it went live. And the day that it went live, I was in line at Zara in Westfield and my phone was just buzzing. And I was like, okay, it's out. Um, and yeah, like it was just super random. And then I left uh, sixth form, went to uni, probably like, I think it might've been like eight months after that first shoot, then got signed to a modeling agency. Again, I was kind of just like, I don't really understand what's going on here, but sure, like I'll try it. But it's just been like a wild experience. It was never, I, I'm when I think about my career, to be fair, a lot of it has been like kind of go with the flow. So an opportunity will present itself to me and I'm like, okay, this sounds kind of cool. Like I'll try it. Um, And it then leads to something way more than I could have ever imagined. And I think a little bit of it for me was kind of feeling like I'd grown up with quite a lot of like body image issues. Um, So to me, having someone be like, I deem you worthy enough. That's how I honestly saw it. I deem you worthy enough. I deem you beautiful enough for you to be a part of our campaign and our vision because they were a small brand um, run by two women. So I was just like, wow, like what? Um, So I didn't want to miss up on the opportunity. But yeah, in my head, it was kind of just like, I'll just do, I'll just model for them like a few times and then that's pretty much it for me. And then somehow we ended up in like, Vogue for Erdem and Universal Studios campaign and have done some crazy things, which I'm just like, how did you get here? It's wild, really wild actually. (laughs) It is, and I love that you were just clearly like very tenacious at school and were like, like I'm doing this blog, I'm just gonna do this thing. And I love that. Hold up. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mum's the Word is a brand new parenting podcast hosted by me, Ashley James. Pregnancy, piles, and all the other problems that come with parenting, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Join me each week on my journey through motherhood as we celebrate the amazing highs as well as the lows. As it's my first time, we'll have celebrities, experts, and hopefully you guys too who will help me figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. Find us wherever you got this podcast. But also, like you mentioned, having like a rough time with your body image. And I think that time in your life, especially like from through your teens, going into like even early 20s, like is rough for a lot of people. I think it's when you're your most fragile because your body's just changing so much. And it's all about like, do people find me attractive? And like, am I, I don't know, do I look like everyone else? And you kind of, especially as a teenager, like you want to fit in now you I feel like you're the kind of person that like likes to stand out but definitely were you ever like in that kind of I think it's interesting because I've always when I think back to like even like not baby Lauren but kind of baby me I've always kind of been someone who's very kind of like not precocious but a little bit like hi I'm here type thing So that's always been a part of me. So I did find it quite interesting how by the time I got to, I think the first time I was really conscious of my appearance, I was probably like maybe six or seven. Wow. Um, And I can remember it so clearly, like I can see myself in the playground and remember exactly what happened. It's so weird, but it was a kind of, I don't know if it was like a, a world book day or just a day where we came in costumes and I've always been like super creative and so is my mom so I think she had me it wasn't a clown but I was like a witch or something I can't remember what I was but it was a costume that wasn't deemed pretty essentially and one of my friends from that time she came in as a fairy and she was this gorgeous like she was just like the cutest little girl gorgeous little girl with like fair skin and uh, just luscious long hair. And I remember that being the first time I had ever done that sort of like comparison where I thought, oh my God, someone's like, this person's so gorgeous. And all the boys in the playground like wanted to play with her. And I was just, I, I mean, they wanted to play with me, but like, I could just see there was a difference. And I think from that moment, I then became quite conscious of the way I looked. And then I'd have like, you know, the odd comment from family members or friends about being chunky. And to be fair, when I look back, I I really don't even know what they were talking about. But um, yeah, I was just always super conscious. But at the same time, there was always like this. I'd like to think of it as like the angel that was just on my shoulder that was kind of just like, no babes, you're gorgeous. Like you're great. You're smart. You're fabulous. Like 
keep going, do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, so I'd have moments where I was like, I'm in stagecoach and I'm acting and I'm doing whatever. And then I'd have other moments where my mom would be like, okay, I'm going to sign you up for this acting class. And I'd be like, no, I don't want to. Everyone's going to laugh at me. So I, I was always kind of like grappling those two kind of uh, moments. And I think to a certain extent to the, today, I still, I still deal with that. But the standout side of me always tends to win. Yeah, yeah, it wins. Can I ask when you were younger, was that, was the girl who was the um, the fairy, was she white? No, she was actually a uh, mixed race. So she was, her mom's white and her dad's black. Mm. Um, but she was, she was fairer than I was. I, and I remember that being something that was something I thought about, mm. you know? as like a little girl. And what's also so inter interesting about that is that there's always kind of been conversations within my family about my complexion being quite light anyway, in comparison to like my father and stuff. But I don't know, there was just something that just reminded me of like, oh, you're like the other in this situation. You're the one that's like not the attractive one here. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like my first experience of thinking that as a little girl and I'm like, that's just so kind of like sad, but yeah, reality, I guess. Yeah, and you know, just in conversations with people I work with, like one-to-one, -one, I hear a lot of these things where people just have this sort of, that age. And I think people think that this doesn't happen until your teens and no, you can talk about kids' young. bodies and stuff, mm -hmm. but like, we are sponges. Yep. And like you say, when you hear little comments from family growing up of like, oh, chunky thighs or yep. da, da, da. like, I remember people telling me, you know, all sorts of things about my body when I was younger. Um, and you, it stays with you. Stays with and you. I think even like from birth, <laughs> like, the, you know, your baby can like not even be a year old and people are making comments like, oh, you know, I have to be careful because sometimes I'm like, oh, look, the rolls are so cute. But yeah. then also, I don't know, I have to be really conscious of why does it, why is it cute as a baby? And then after that, it's like concern. Oh, right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I never And I just think like, that. we just, yeah, I think it's, there's just so many levels to it. Like when you grow up, like the general rule of just don't comment on people's bodies is always a good one. That's, that's what I think is, is the, the rule that it should be. And, you know, I have a little cousin now who's in her teens. I just love her so much. But it's really interesting hearing how she talks about herself. And I'm like, no, like you're so beautiful. I wish you could see what I see. But then it makes me think about my younger self and it doesn't matter how how many people tell you that. It could be one person that tells you a really negative thing and you're just gonna hold that to to the end of the day or however long. And yeah, I just think it's it's a difficult time at the moment as well with just social media and everything. It's it's challenging. It's challenging. Do you still feel that pressure now sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Not in the same way that I used to. Probably within the last maybe three years, my understanding and kind of view of myself has changed a little bit. Um, but when I was like thick in to modeling, I constantly grappled with, am I beautiful enough? Because you see the difficulty is, is that when you're in a job that is directly correlated to how beautiful you are, it's difficult to say that your looks do not determine your worth. Like it's the one job where literally your face, if you've got a pimple that day and you're going to a beauty casting, you might not get that job because you've got really bad acne that day. Okay, maybe not a pimple, but really bad acne. You might not get that job. Um, and I used to really struggle with this idea of, well, how am I supposed to look? Because if I look at the top plus size models in the industry, my body isn't that necessarily close to theirs. Am I definitely kind of like on the more smaller fat line? Yes. However, I my body doesn't look like some of theirs. So they have very small tom stomachs and are very curvaceous and very like kind hourglass, of hourglass like. Thinking like Ashley Graham. Yes. I used to really struggle with the fact that, well, my body doesn't look like that and I'm not booking as many jobs as they are. And yeah, so I definitely did struggle with that. And that's kind of what made me take a, 
a seat back from modeling um, and I left my modeling management and, and the agency was great that I was with. They never made any comments about, you know, losing weight. And I've heard so many horror stories of models saying like their agent said to them that they had to lose weight to be able to get this job. They never said any of that to me, but I, I knew. I deep down I knew um and I think when you get to a point where you are thinking about well do I have to lose weight so that I can book this job or that I can be seen as more desirable over for my health or you know the things that it should actually be if you're on a journey of fitness and health the like the real reasons as to why you should be on that journey rather than it being about a bat like and by a bag, I mean money, rather than it being <laughs> about that, you have to start thinking, well, maybe this is not so healthy for you yeah. um, and your mindset and where you're at. So yeah, I had to take a back seat, but it's difficult. I think that the industry in general is getting better, but there's still so much more that needs to be done. Would you go back to modeling them? I would love to, I think. I was having this conversation with a friend and she was like, you need to stop referring to yourself as a retired model because despite <laughs> the fact that, from the day I left my model management, I've still worked. Um, like I've still done the odd job here and there. It's like, maybe you should stop saying that you're retired because actually you're not, you're still working, darling. Um, so yeah, I think maybe in some capacity I would like to go back, but perhaps maybe I just have to look at it differently. And I don't think I'm yet in a mind, a mindset and a space of being kind of super, proud of my body and like yeah I can show it off and be a canvas for whatever you know the campaign is or whatever the direction is I don't know if I'm fully there yet which is something I'm working on mm. it's like that self-esteem that body image I'm still working on it but I think once I kind of get to a good space in that regard then yeah sure I'd definitely love to jump back into it I love the I love the honesty of that because I'm so of the school of thought with body image stuff that we have to focus our energy into like who we are as people rather than what we look like because yeah uh this changes all the time all the time yeah life happens and you know probably every few years things are changing and to to kind of put all your money in that stock is you're probably gonna lose it but if you kind of put that emphasis on like okay well who i am is really important and like if i was you, I'd be like, well, I'm Lauren. I'm so creative. I have such vision. I put together like incredible content and I'm, you just have to go to like Lauren's page on Instagram and just see all the different things that she's doing. Thank you. <laughs> but I think you're right. It's hard when you're going into such, such an objective yeah. industry where you are being objectified you like, have to day be. in, day out. Yeah. It's tough. And I wonder if there's a part of like, oh, there's the part of like knowing like, regardless of how people view me in this world, like I know who I am and I know my, who I, my values are and I know my worth is not tied into all of this. Yeah, And I think, you know, maybe with you having different, you know, your fingers in a few pies, not putting all your eggs all in the basket energy. of modeling yeah. Yeah. means you're able to do it again without feeling like, oh, all my self-worth is tied up in yeah, this as well. Definitely. And I would completely agree with everything that you've just said. I think, to be fair, this industry was not made for 18-year-old me. Um, yes. Because that is like baby, baby, yeah, baby. Yeah. I didn't need to be in the industry at that point. I think had I got into it now, it'd be completely different. My experience of things would be completely different. And don't get me wrong, I've never, I've had probably one bad experience in terms of being like a model and how I felt I was treated, but I've never, I've never had a bad experience with, you know, a casting director or a designer or anything like that. I've never had a bad experience, but there's always still that kind of niggling thought in your mind of, your worth is about how you look. Mm. And for someone to get into this industry when you're still not fully certain on who you are and why you're an amazing human being. You don't know yourself at 18. You don't know yourself. It's not the industry to be in. I yeah. think you definitely have to have kind of like that backbone and kind of 
and I don't want to say it's tough skin, but to a certain degree it is. Yeah. You have to have that because you're going to definitely hear more no's than you hear yeses. And the mad thing is with modeling, like it seems to be that models, the age with which they start and enter the industry is like younger and younger. Yes. Do you think, oh my goodness, you're so impressionable and you're so precious and vulnerable at that age. And like I said, like you're still kind of figuring out who you are and your body's figuring out like yeah. what it, you know, what shape it is and, and your hormones are figuring out everything. And like to throw people into kind of a literal and figurative, figurative like lens yes. where everything's so magnified yes. is like so intense. And I just have, you know, a lot of compassion for people in that space. And I think, I don't know I think people in like kind of fashion and modeling like I think modeling especially thin models get so much shit because and understand like I've probably given them some shit sometimes because it's you know we're like oh we're just tired of seeing the same bodies and da 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 but I think um it's such a gamble and a risk on your own body image and esteem to go into that world yeah and I actually have a lot of compassion for especially those who are younger who go into that and then and I know, and I mean, I think we think of models and we think of eating disorders and we think of all of that, don't we? Um, but I just have so much compassion for that because it must be so hard. Yeah, it's difficult. I might be wrong, but I think there's more support mm. that's given now. There's more awareness now of of just mental health, mental health yeah. and how to treat people in general, but as well models. Mm. And, you know, I'd turn up on set sometimes and, there'd be things that are not in my size, but I'm expected to wear them. Mm. And I'm just like, but this is uncomfortable. Yeah, like yeah. I remember I used to get like, not panic attacks, but I'd have so much anxiety over like the fact of, okay, I'm going on set today. There's gonna be at least two items of clothing that aren't gonna fit me. And I'm gonna feel like trash when I have to walk out on set and tell the photographer and the stylist that, and whoever else is there that, this doesn't fit so we're going to have to like move on mm. and it's it, there's so much like kind of like weight on your shoulders of like well I have to make sure I'm on 10 and I look great and I'm feeling good and my energy has to be high and these clothes have to fit me and if they don't well ugh, that's like so bad on me because I should have made sure that my body could fit into these clothing when you never ever have that responsibility no. and I think we say this on like a basic level but even in that circumstance like the clothes are meant to fit you not the other way around yeah. and that's actually probably bad on the uh, brands with which you're modeling for who haven't taken your measurements into account and yeah. haven't picked out the right clothes and the right size for you yeah. like that's on them and it's not on you but when you're like 18 you're, it's all on you yeah it's like oh my god that is the worst thing that, and it's so embarrassing i want to talk to you about relationship with exercise and movement obviously uh -huh. train happy podcast yeah um it's what we talk we talk about um and yeah i just wondered what that has been like and like you said before about you wanted to focus on your health and well-being and you know that like trying to make your body fit these clothes is not the same thing as you looking after your health and well-being yes. like they're two separate things have you found that with exercise or like has that been I don't know part of your experience yeah I think I think my experience with exercise has probably been as kind of up and down as my experience like just living within my vessel has been I would say probably like within the last maybe eight months that's changed quite a bit whereas I'm now seeing it as a as a you know a tool to get strength and to feel good about myself rather than just like this tool of I need to lose weight and I need to lose this amount of weight by this mm -hmm. time so yeah my relationship has definitely been a challenging love-hate relationship there's moments when I'm like yes I love exercise and I'm enjoying going to the gym or I'm enjoying I used to do kickboxing uh, before COVID. I'm really enjoying that. And I used to go to this place called, I think it's called Fly Kick. They're no longer around anymore. Um, but I used to like love going there and just had the best time. And then it used to, and then it would go from that to, oh, I'm not seeing enough like reduction in my, you know, how much I weigh mm. or. I'm not seeing the aesthetic changes yes. I thought I was meant to get. And that would just be, that would crush me and then it would send me into the spiral of well forget exercise then because yes. if i'm not seeing the results then what is even the point of doing this mm. rather than it being no actually enjoy the fact that you're able to move your body and you're feeling good 
And I always remember my my experience with exercise always used to be, I hate this until I get there. Like, so I'd hate it. I'd be like, oh, I know I've got to go to the gym. I, or I know I got to go to this class and like, oh, I don't want to go. Um, and then once I'm there, I'm like, oh my God, I love this so much. Like I'm loving doing all of this movement. And when I'm leaving, like I'm feeling all of these like amazing, um, you know, feelings, but it was always that kind of like lead up of like, oh, I have to do this, mm. I hate this. Everyone listening is nodding along like, yeah. I feel the same or I felt the same. Or I've had the similar experience. And I always like, I say this so much, especially with movement, like there are so many people like yourself who go to classes, who go and go through stages and I call like the all or nothing phase and all or nothing cycle and get in that all phase and they're all in and they're having a great time. And they're maybe some some people might be like, oh my God, I hate every second of this, it's a chore, but I'm just doing this because I need these results. And other people maybe are like, actually, I quite enjoy this. This isn't like, this is actually really fun, but the intention is there, like I need to get results. Yeah. And then when you don't get the visible results and you're like, oh, well, this is a lot of effort for nothing so what's the point and i think the biggest thing that we're trying to do with this podcast and just overall with my work is like if we change the narrative of why we're doing it you actually get so much more out of going to those classes or going to do whatever you're doing because it's like i'm not here to just try and tick a box to achieve this supposed result that i'm going to get if i just take that out the equation this can actually be something that makes me just feel really good and allows me to and you know we were talking about building your confidence and your and your like esteem of like this can be a a real way that I can build my confidence like I imagine kickboxing you're kicking shit and you're punching shit and you're like I'm so so fucking badass and it's like yeah I'm a strong powerful woman I'm a strong independent woman you know living in London by myself you know doing all these things and I think like that's where you're like you know when I'm like punching that bag or I'm like kicking that bag or whatever like I'm good like I'm good I know I can do this I know I can do that but it's a different it's a totally different experience than going in there and going right I have to do x amount of reps I have to get my heart rate to this level I have to burn this amount of calories Calories, to achieve this body that I'm told that I'm meant to have like when you're there from a place of shame about your body it's never gonna be good it's never gonna be fun you're never Never. gonna enjoy it and why would you it kind of makes i think it makes clear sense and yet we all get stuck in that cycle but if you're moving from shame and guilt around your body and maybe guilt about eating certain foods or overindulging or whatever it is why would you stick with that? Why would you want to put yourself in that week after week, month after month, year after year? Yeah. You, we want to feel good as people. We want to feel good about ourselves. We want to feel good. If you're there from a place of shame and you feel like the environment is then shaming you about your body and how you are, you know, what you're doing during the week. Are you eating this? You know, are people telling you to take progress photos and da, da, da. Like that's not an experience that you want to keep going back no. to. No, no. So I think it's very understandable that you've gone through those kind of pendulum swings because why would you want to keep putting yourself in that situation if it doesn't make you feel good? At all. And I even remember like when I was, I used to have a PT when I was, oh my goodness. It's like when I was like 16, because I just like, I had a really bad relationship with my body. Um, And (laughs) this PT, he would be like, get up you heifer. This is what I'm talking about. It's not funny, but if we don't laugh. We'll cry. We'll cry. (laughs) But literally I'd be like, what the hell? Like now I look back and I'm like, Lauren, what the hell? But like- Also you were 16. And of course, okay. He was probably not saying it to be like mean. I don't think he was. I'm being honest. I feel like it was banter. But, but also like to an impressionable teenage girl who already you a thinks, female cow. Yeah, who already like has who some Who feels issues. like that? Yes. Sir. From a man as well. I take issue from it from a guy because I feel like there's a dynamic there, especially as a teenage girl. Um, and I'm assuming you're straight here. So I'm assuming that there might be a whole like, oh, you're like, and if he's a personal trainer, it's probably, you know, more physically attractive mm, in terms mm. of like traditionally attractive. Yep. And so 
being called that by <laughs> it's just so many levels yeah, to it. Who would call me a heifer? I would be like, oh my god! Like, and I'm paying you that. <laughs> I'm paying you to insult me. Literally, I would get insulted so much. Who's like, you need to do that rap again? That's so shit. I'm like, oh my god. Okay, fine. But like, when your first experience of okay, that's not probably my first experience of exercise, but like um, outside of school, yes, you know for a long period of time our experience of exercise is either you playing with friends at home or like si- I don't have siblings but siblings or whatever cousins or going to a PE class so that's always your experience of exercise so when you come away from that and it's more about you finding exercise outside of those two kind of scenarios that was like my first kind of like experience of that that's not fun that's not good I'm really frustrated at that for you Yeah, I'm genuinely like thankfully now like my my relationship with it is a lot better. I know that I need to do more in terms of like exercise. Like I have my first Pilates class tomorrow, which I'm really excited for. Reformer. Yes, I'm very excited. Nice. Where are you doing um, it? Not too far from me, like in West London. Like a 15 minute drive. So I'm just gonna drive there. And then I recently passed my test. So it's like, makes me so excited every time <laughs> I go to drive. Um, Cause I'm like, oh my God, I'm such an adult. Anyway, that's besides the point. We love um, it. <laughs> but no, like, so I'm trying to do more. I'm like, okay, we're gonna make an effort of doing things that are just gonna make you feel good. Um, and I wanna be a Pilates honey. Mm. So yeah, I'm gonna try that. But yeah, I think I just need to be in spaces that are, you know, good for the soul. I think just all round, that's just where I'm at. Like I wanna do things, I wanna wear things that make me feel good. I wanna be surrounded by people that wanna make me that make me feel good. And I wanna do exercise that makes me feel good. Yeah, and you have to you have to experiment and find the thing that works for you. Yeah, because I like reformer Pilates. I might call you tomorrow and be like, that was the worst yeah. thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Never doing that again. Yeah. Going somewhere else. If you're doing something and you're feeling like, oh, I felt that. Yeah. You don't have to do it again, which I like. And you just kind of let someone tell you what to do. And then you can just f- focus on just like focus, connecting with yeah. your body and just feeling like the breath and the muscles. And it's just, I find it really chilled. It, dep- it depends where you're going, but it can just be really chilled and a really nice thing to do. Um, but you have to experiment and you have to find what works for yeah, you. I have to find what works for me. So I need to find, so I'm going to do that. And then I also want to find a kickboxing class because obviously yes. I said that I absolutely love yes. that when I did that. Uh, I think I need to start going to Abby's dance classes. I was literally about to say, so Abby has had so many shout-outs on this podcast in the last few episodes. Love you so much, girl. Yeah, Abby, who you might know as Curvy Living Online, also now has a dance class in Wembley. We're going to shout it out again because I've shouted it out before, but she has a dance class in Wembley. I think it's Thursday nights and at near, Wem- near um, Wembley Stadium. And... It's so fun. It's like SOS dance classes. You're doing like really fun routines, but everyone there's like relative beginners. It's so fun. Um, yeah, it and looks so it's good. It's so Abby. That's it's the thing. So Abby. Like, and if you're a so stagecoach girly, yeah, then so it's I'm gonna really, be for you. I feel like I need to be. I need to go back to my my roots. You do. You, know? you stage do. Stagecoach was my thing, so I need to go back to my roots. But no, like I'm just like I think I need to start doing things. This is what it's caused me to believe. Maybe we need to start doing things that our younger self would absolutely love. This is what I'm saying to people all the time. Oh my goodness. Connect with your inner child. Because everything you said to me was like, and then as an adult, I have I go and find exercise and it was a personal trainer. But before that, it was just play. Yeah. And like, what is play for you? And what is fun play? And how can you connect with your inner child through movement? Because it actually can be amazing. And that can be like getting a skipping rope, a hula hoop. It can yeah, be dance classes. It can be, um, it can be all sorts of stuff. It can be swimming. It can be whatever, I don't know, whatever you want it to be really. But just those playful things. Like one of my clients I work with, she went back to do tap dancing classes. And that was her thing. And she's gone to, and she loves, she, do, she did a jazz class and she did some tap class, but she used to love it when she was younger. So she wanted to reconnect with that. Personally, I went to drama school with Abby. Yes. Shout out Abby again. Shout out Abby. And um, I was rubbish at tap. In fact, we called ourselves crap tap, my set. We were, we were the bottom set. And I, I hate, I tap really wasn't for me. But I totally respect if that's your thing. Yeah. I'm really happy for you. So there might be something for you. So I don't think tap I think, is my thing, but I'll try and figure out what it is. Well, but there's I think something. It's dance. Yeah. I honestly I feel like that it could be so huge. 
And dance is amazing because you connect with yourself, you connect with your body, you have to be present because you have to be like remembering the steps, just, yeah. and you, it's just fun. And like when in your adult life, you just get to be silly. Nothing oh matters. Oh, we I'm, had an epiphany. I'm leaving here today with so much great knowledge from you. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, okay, Lauren, I have to ask everyone before they go then, what has been your most recent train happy moment? So this can be a moment of, it can be a moment of listening to your body. It can be a moment of pushing back against diet culture. It can be a moment of just feeling good about yourself. Like what has been your most recent train happy moment? Mm. Okay, so I have two. Share them. One of them actually was a few days ago. I came down with a cold and usually I would like guilt myself so much about not working, mm. but I was just like, no, you have to listen to your body, rest. Don't look at your phone. Although I'm so thankful that at one point I did look at my phone because then I saw that I was invited to Beyonce's concert. <gasps> but that's another conversation for another day. Um, Tour? <laughs> yes. Oh, what the hell? <gasps> I know. Anyway, um, but like I was just like, we're just going to rest. Like, don't even worry about nothing. Just close your eyes, sleep as much as you need to. Just like get this cold out mm. of you. And actually it was such a... I kind of like, it was kind of like a pat myself on the back moment. Cause I was like, yes, this year is all about listening to my body. So if I need to take a, if I need to sleep a little bit longer, I'm not going to guilt myself about, well, you should be productive and up at 7am or whatever time. Actually, I'm just going to take those extra hours or 30 minutes to just, if I'm able to, to just get that rest. So that was one of my moments. And then I think kind of related to things that we've spoken about earlier is that knowing when it was time for me to leave the modeling industry for a little bit um, or leave it in the way that I I think I've left it, but probably haven't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably a very kind of, yeah, train happy moment of, we're not gonna allow ourselves to get into the moment of being like, yeah, so we're going to succumb to diet culture and we're gonna change our body for somebody else and just so that we can make more money or whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, those are my two train happy moments. You're staying true to you. I am. 2023. 2023, baby. Staying true to you. Oh, Lauren, this has been the best. Where can everyone find you, support you, see your amazing outfits? Honestly, if you want some like amazing outfit inspiration, if you want like colorful, if you want cute, you got to follow Lauren. Yes. Um, so you can find me on all kind of social media platforms under Lauren Nicole F. Um, and that's pretty much where I'm at Instagram Twitter if you want to see my inner thoughts quite chaotic mainly about Beyonce (laughs) Um, TikTok trying to get on YouTube a bit more but hey you'll find me I'm sure we will thank you this has just been so lovely to chat with you and I really hope I'm excited to um, maybe get an update on the dance classes oh my goodness yes I'll let you know But that is it for this week's episode of the Train Happy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you took something away from this episode. And if you did, please do let us know on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Train Happy Podcast. And we do want to hear from you. We want your questions. We want to hear your train happy moments. And we'd love to feature you as Train Happy Trooper of the Week. So remember, you can get in touch with us via our WhatsApp. It is 07599927537. And whatever podcast platform you're choosing to listen to us on, please rate and review. It really helps the show and it really helps spread the train a happy message. And that is it for this week. I'll be back with a brand new episode for you next Monday. See you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.